Good morning, dear Sangha. Lớn hơn chút nữa. Good morning, dear Sangha. Do you hear well? Good morning, dear Sangha. Today is the 29th of June, 2014, and we are in the Assembly of Stars Meditation Hall, the Wahamlet from Lish. The summer opening will be there soon, on the 4th of July. Right? Oh, uh, 4th of July. This is an American uh, holiday. And uh, on the 2nd of July, there will be ordination of uh, novices in uh, the upper hamlet. So you are, we are invited to come for the ordination, ordination ceremony. When we uh, practice uh, breathing in mindfully, we may uh, focus our attention on the tip of uh, the nose. That's where the, the air comes in. And especially when we are not very uh, very awake, a little bit sleepy. And then to focus our attention here may help. And when we are a little bit too excited, and then our teachers advise that we focus our attention Uh, on the na- navel and uh, observe the rise and fall of the abdomen. So this is uh, when you are a little bit too exciting, so excited. But this is for you when you are a little bit uh, sleepy. Whether you are sitting or lying down, where you may focus your attention on the tip of the nose, observing the coming in and going out of the air, and stop entirely the thinking. Just enjoy uh, observing the, the air coming in and the air coming out. And uh, when you observe, uh, when you uh, focus your attention on your abdomen, and then you can uh, enjoy observing the rising and falling of your abdomen. Also, we stop the thinking. We just enjoy breathing in and out. We are fully aware that you are there that the air is coming in and going out, that life is there, and we feel it. We feel that we are alive. We feel that the wonders of life are available inside and around, 
and the feelings are not there, are there. Uh, but uh, there's no thinking. No thinking is a, a secret for success. Because the thinking will take you out of the here and the now. And most of the thinking are like that. They take you out of the here and the now. But the feeling still uh, are there. And the feelings may help keep you in the here and the now. You, have, you feel that you have a body, which is a wonder. You feel that you are alive. I feel that I am alive. That's not thinking, feeling. You feel your aliveness. You feel the presence of your body. You feel the presence of uh, the refreshing and healing elements of nature. And the feeling help us to stay in the here and the now and enjoy being alive enjoy being uh, healed and nourished by Mother uh, Earth, by nature. And when you walk, you may uh, pay attention to the contact between your feet and the ground. The object of your mindfulness is the contact between the foot and the ground. On, on, also um, stopping the feeling and the thinking. You feel, you feel the ground beneath your feet. It's very nice feeling. Mother Earth is there, alive, ready for you. And you are a child of Mother Earth. You are alive also. So that kind of uh, getting in touch can bring you happiness. You are aware that you are alive and you are walking on the most beautiful planet of the solar system. That's good enough for you to be happy. And you touch reality and not uh, a dream. There is a king uh, in the 13th century in Vietnam, he is the first king of the Tan dynasty. And he is a Buddhist practitioner. He had wanted to be um, a monk, but uh, he could not because he, 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 he was a king. <laughs> so they didn't allow him to become a monk. So he had to practice as a, a lay person, but he practiced very well. He wrote for himself uh, a manual for the practice of beginning anew, and he practiced uh, six times a, a day. Uh, every time, every uh, session lasts about 15 minutes, but six times a day as a king. You have to be a politician, a ruler, and yet you have the time to practice uh, every day. 
as a young king, he had to learn uh, Confucianism, uh, history, things like that, to be a good, um, a good uh, ruler. And he had to learn also Buddhism. And he invited uh, many teachers to come to his, uh, to his uh, temple in the, in the uh, imperial uh, uh, city temple and uh, teaching. Bo Bo took Thakdia. He said that every every step, with every step, I touch the ground of reality. Not a dream, because many of us walk like a dream walker. And his practice is uh, to touch the ground of reality with every step. This is the ground, the land, the ground. This is the reality, the Đạp trước means touch. Đạp means to, to touch with your foot. And trước means to, to touch. To, to be in touch. Bo bo, step, step. Bo bo, đạp trước thân địa. With every step, I touch the ground of reality. And that is... Uh, it was how he nourished himself and had uh, the time to be uh, a king. Because as a king, you have to solve many problems every day. And you need uh, to be nourished by a spiritual practice in order for you to be strong enough, not to lose yourself. Many of us lose ourselves in our daily life. Even we are not a king, but we <laughs> allow ourselves to be carried away by events of daily life. We do not live our life. We allow ourselves to be carried away by, by events. And if we get in a depression, it is because we cannot be ourselves. We are victims. We are a victim of the events of life. We have no control of ourselves. Because we do not have a mindfulness, concentration and insight. We do not know how to live uh, deeply every moment. Uh, of our daily life. Life is a gift 
We have 24 hours a day, a big bit. But we don't know how to live each moment deeply because we are not ourselves. We are carried away by events of life. We are uh, a victim. So walking meditation is a way to to claim, to reclaim your your liberty, to be yourself. With every step, you become yourself again. You touch the realm of reality, and you can live uh, each moment of your life more deeply. You don't have to think. You need only to feel that you are alive. You are yourself. You are in control. You are not a victim. So walking meditation is um, a very good way to to learn how to live deeply uh, your life. And you have plenty of chance every day to walk. And the easiest way is to be aware of the contact between your foot and the ground. That awareness allows you to get in touch with Mother Earth, source of life, Father, Son, source of life. And we get to get in touch with ourselves and to enjoy the fact that we are alive, that life is a wonder that we should not waste our life. It's easy enough for you to be aware of uh, the contact between your foot and the ground. Just touching the earth, touching the ground of reality and be alive. No thinking. And there's very healing. If you have a depression, this practice of walking, mindful walking, will help you. Even if you take, uh, you need to take um, medication, but if you know how to, to practice mindful walking, mindful breathing, Mm, you don't risk to be to have relapse anymore because the practice of the three tenets is to is to is to prevent relapse. The triple training Tam This uh, training, practicing, not accumulating information, 
consists of uh, mindfulness, smurti, concentration, and right view to a right view or inside. And we have learned uh, during our 21 day retreat that these are three kinds of energies they are together. If you are very mindful and then you have concentration and insight in your mindfulness. And if you are concentrated, you are also mindful, and you also have uh, insight. The three, these three kinds of uh, energies, they inter uh, they interpenetrate, uh, they nourish each other. And uh, these uh, three trainings, Tam Hok, are sometimes uh, Describe it as a kind of practice that can prevent you to fall down, to have a relapse, reshit, tamvolavak. This is a volo. It means uh, no more licking, licking, no more licking, no more relapse. If you keep practicing mindfulness, concentration, and insight, you can protect yourself and do not uh, allow it to fall down again. And we know that uh, mindfulness, concentration, and insight are three of the eight elements of the noble path. Noble path. The noble eightfold path. You have. Uh, you have. Uh, Mindfulness, concentration, and insight. And in the teaching of the five uh, powers, we have a film about five powers. <laughs> and uh, in the five powers, you have also mindfulness, concentration, concentration and insight. Uh, first is uh, faith, uh, confidence. And delusions. And then mindfulness, concentration, and insight. So this is uh, the triple training 
like it can be found in the noble eightfold path and in the five powers, ngũ lực, ngũ cảnh, ngũ lực. And the practice of Buddhist meditation consists in generating mindfulness, concentration, and insight. And that is the heart of Buddhist practice. Anything you do can generate mindfulness, concentration, and insight. They help you to live deeply every moment of life, giving you to live and with joy and happiness also. And they help you to handle the pain, the suffering in you, and help uh, handle the pain, the suffering in other people around you. And if you can generate energy of mindfulness, concentration, and insight, you are a good professional and you can help many people. But uh, the three trainings, sometimes in the Buddhist lit- lit- literature, is described not niệm uh, tuệ, but giới đình tuệ. Giới đình tuệ. Giới means uh, the precepts. Giới Đình Tuệ, the three training, on Niệm Đình Tuệ. So the question is, uh, what is the right thing? Giới Đình Tuệ or Niệm Đình Tuệ? Sheila? Sheila, somebody? Prasnya. So in the Buddhist uh, literature, we find either Smriti Samadhi Prasnya or Sila Samadhi and Prasnya. And in Plumbilish, we have uh, discovered that uh, Sila is Smriti. Sheila is smart. The practice of mindfulness is also the practice of the precepts. The practice of mindfulness can be seen Can be can can be seen concrete in the practice of the precepts. And that is why in Plum Village we do not use much the word precepts. We use the word mindfulness training. Mindfulness training is precept, and that is the practice of uh, <coughs> mindfulness. The practice of the precepts 
is the practice of, uh, of mindfulness. The practice of, uh, of uh, the precepts are the basic practice as uh, a lay practitioner you practice the five uh, precepts or you practice uh, the bodhisattva precept you practice the 14 precepts as a monastic you practice the 10 novice precept or the pratimoksha 250 for the monks and 380 for the nuns. And you may ask why the nuns have to practice more precepts than the monks. Is not there a discrimination? The answer is that uh, no, because it is. It was the, the nuns who have invented more precepts for themselves. <laughs> Is not, uh, these precepts are not uh, uh, imposed by the Buddha because uh, the Bhikshuni Sangha, they have found that uh, they need more precepts. And what we should learn is that uh, each precept guarantees a zone of freedom. It's not the, uh, it's not that the precepts um, limit our freedom, but it is the opposite. It is uh, the practice of the precepts that can guarantee our freedom. For instance, uh, para, um, uh, for instance, if you are addicted to alcohol, you lose your freedom. You are addicted to drugs, you lose your freedom. You are a slave of, uh, of it. And there are those um, who do not have uh, alcohol and drugs, uh, they suffer and they have to go and steal money. And not only they violate one precept, but they will violate two precepts. And sometimes they have to kill. When you are drunk, you violate the, first, uh, the, the fifth precept, not to drink alcohol. And you are, when you are drunk, you might commit um, uh, sexual um, um, violence. Uh, uh, you, you may have uh, you may have uh, sexual misbehavior. That is you. That is why you break another precept. Uh, if you are addicted to drugs, you you already uh, violate one precept. And if you do not have time to, to buy drugs, you go and steal. You violate uh, another precept and you get into prison. So the precepts are there to guarantee our freedom. And each precept guarantees one 
specific zone of freedom. If you have five precepts, you have five zones of freedom. If you have uh, four only, you have only four zones of freedom. And if you don't practice any precept, you don't have freedom at all. And that is why those of us who seek precepts who are asking for the transmission of precepts, we are asking for freedom, whether it is the five mindfulness trainings or the ten mindfulness trainings of a novice. They are seeking freedom. Because uh, Srila the precepts, the mindfulness trainings. They guarantee our freedom if we practice them properly. To lose your to lose your freedom means you lose yourself. And in order not to lose your freedom, you have to live mindfully. That means also to practice uh, the mindfulness training, the precepts. Yesterday, um, I wrote uh, a new uh, sentence in calligraphy, uh, each precept. Guarantee a zone of freedom. And we know that freedom is a very basic for happiness. If we lose our, we lose our freedom, we cannot be a happy person. So practicing the precepts is to maintain our freedom. With that kind of understanding, with that kind of insight, practicing the precepts become a joy. You know why you practice the precepts because you want to be to be free, and that's why there is a joy in practicing the precepts, in reciting the precepts, in sharing your practice uh, with other people about the precepts. 
the manual used in Plum Village for training the novices has the title Stepping into Freedom. Because you want freedom, that is why you want to be ordained. Because the ten precepts, each precept guarantees a zone of freedom. And when you become a novice, you are free from many things. A young person in the world, he or she might be caught in many things. But once you have embraced the practice of ten precepts, you become a free young person. And that insight is very important for you to have, because if you have that insight, practicing the process to become a joy, not uh, something you have to do. And when uh, you come and recite the precept together, you know that your precept body is intact, and that brings you a lot of happiness. There is a body called a precept body, very tiny. Shila Kaya. means your present body is intact. It's like a young man, a young woman, when looking in the mirror, they saw the face. There's no nothing. So they, they know that uh, they, they are clean. So when we recite the precepts, we know that our, our Srila Kaya, our precept body, is, is, uh, is uh, intact, is it's beautiful. And that brings joy. That is why after you have received the five precepts, or ten precepts, fourteen precepts, you have to, to recite them every fortnight and you participate in the discussion and sharing how uh, people practice uh, the precepts so that your practice of precepts uh, will uh, be deeper every day and it will bring you more and more freedom, more and more happiness. And what we learn here is uh, mindfulness. The practice of mindfulness is also the practice of the precepts. Because the precepts, the practice of the precepts are, is a very concrete way of practicing mindfulness. And the precepts, joy, goes always with the practice of uh, mindful manners. 
mindful madness. And with mindful madness, not only your mind, your life is more mindful, but you look more beautiful as a person. Be beautiful, practice the precepts. The way you walk, the way you sit down, the way you smile, the way you look, the way you react, is beautiful because you practice the mindful manners. Every act of yours is mindful. That is why the Buddha is so beautiful, not because he used cosmetics, <laughs> but the way he walk, he sit, he speak, uh, it's very mindful. And all of us can do the same. One of the ten novice precepts is that uh, you should not use uh, cosmetics, jewelries, and things like that, because you know a better way to be more beautiful, a better way to be beautiful. Now, there must be uh, good writers, excellent writers in this uh, Sangha, write a book, The Better Way to Be Beautiful, <laughs> not to buy in the cosmetics. The mindful manners not only make you beautiful, but help you to practice the precepts. Because they have also the, the preventive, preventive effect. It's like when you drive a car in the city. When the light, when there is a red light, you stop. Even if uh, no car is uh, passing by, and uh, if you continue to drive, there will be no accident. But uh, it's better not to not not to uh, continue when you see the red light. So the red light is uh, a kind of mindful. Uh, kind of practice of mindful manners, the practice of um, pre- the preventive practice, the practice that keep, can prevent accidents. So for a monk and nun, uh, when they go out, the ma- one of the mindful manners is that they that person is accompanied by a second body. You go to the post office, there may, not, there may, may be no danger at all if you go alone. But it's much safer if you have a second body uh, walking with you. And the two nuns walking mindfully uh, together, uh, supporting each other. And you do not lose our time by doing so. Uh, you be, you are a second body. Uh, you do not lose your time because of being a second body, you are helping uh, your brother or your sister to uh, to 
be more solid in their practice. So there are many mindful manners like that, that have the power to prevent uh, the negative thing to happen. And that is why we advise that you, when you go to the internet, you have a second body, because uh, in the internet you only get in touch with uh, the positive things. You practice only uh, um, appropriate uh, attention. Nearly that So the the manual for the for the novice has uh, four parts. Traditionally, it has four parts. The first part. is a set of uh, verses. It's called uh, the essential of the vin, of the daily Vinaya practice. The essential of the daily Vinaya practice, Ti Ni Nhật Dung Thiết Yếu. Tini is uh, Vinaya, Nhật Dung, daily. Thiết yếu, the essential. The essential of uh, daily Vinaya, consisting of uh, verses that you memorize. <coughs> uh, when you brush your teeth, there is a verse for you to practice breath while breathing your teeth. When uh, put on um, your rope, there is uh, another verse. When going to uh, the toilet, you have a verse. Uh, when uh, taking the water to wash your face, uh, there is a verse. Uh, the practice is that every act of your daily life is accompanied by the practice of a gata, so that you are mindful all day long. And uh, in Thay's time, all these verses are in classical Chinese. And now we have uh, them in French, in English, in Vietnamese, and so on. And in the privileged uh, 
sending book you can find a few dozens of them for you to practice as lay practitioners. When you when you light up a candle, there is a poem for you to breathe in and out while doing so. So by doing so, you you are very mindful. And if uh, if uh, everything you do, the way you move around is mindful, you look uh, beautiful as a practitioner. So that is the first part of, uh, of the manual for novices stepping into freedom to be memorized, remember. When you remember by heart, it's very easy to practice. It's like uh, the verse on the bell, uh, on the sound of the bell. And the second part is the, the, ten, the ten precepts. The ten novice precepts. I think if, uh, even if you are not a monastic, it's uh, interesting to, to, to learn about uh, the ten precepts. Among the ten precepts, there is the precepts on living simply. The way you dress, the way you eat, uh, your bed, uh, your transportation means, everything should be um, simple. And that makes the beauty of uh, a monastic. Simplicity, uh, humility. The third section of the book is uh, Mindful Manners. Many uh, uh, dozens of chapters on how to practice mindfulness. That is also the practice of mindfulness. There is a chapter as how to be an attendant to your teacher. You have to learn. There is a chapter how to light up the, the heating uh, system, the heating wood store, and so on. So you have to learn all these, uh, these, uh, these mindful manners. Not only they make you beautiful, but also they can, they can prevent you from breaking the precepts. 
And the fourth part is uh, a text called uh, by Master Quishan, uh, teaching you how to be diligent as a monk or as a nun. The text is so beautiful. And every fortnight, as a novice, uh, you should uh, read it again, so that you remember that you are a monk or a nun, that you have something to achieve. And um, this book is originally in Chinese. It was written um, more than 400 years ago by a teacher, Vung Thê, Cloud Leather. And in Plum Village, we have uh, actualized it. We have uh, created more more uh, verses. We have improved uh, the version of the Ten Precepts. We have added many, many mindful manners. But we keep uh, the fourth uh, intact. We just translate it beautifully. Encouraging good. of Master Quishan. There is a new version uh, which is about to be published in Vietnamese. And we have to review uh, the book uh, again and again so that it can be adaptable to the new situation. And we have tried to uh, translate it back into Chinese for the sake of new uh, novices. Because when they visited China in 2004, they noticed that uh, the novices in China still use uh, <laughs> The text of 400 years ago. <laughs> That's too old. <laughs> In the Christian tradition, as a monastic, you have to observe uh, three things. First of all, Shastiti. It is one of the ten precepts. Second is uh, poverty. This is very much the same in the mindful madness. And third is uh, obedience. You have to, to obey your elders. 
especially when you when you are newly ordained. If you are ordained as a very young person, there may be no problem. But if you are ordained as a, a adult, having already a lot of experience in the world, then you may be proud that you have a lot of knowledge, experiences, and you may not listen to your elders who are sometimes very young. <laughs> uh, they, are, they may be at the age of your younger brother and sister, maybe your, your, your daughter or your son, but they are your elders because they have ordained much earlier. And that is why those of us uh, who enter the order not as uh, a very young person has to practice uh, obedience. Uh, these people may have a lot of uh, skill and talents and experiences. And there is uh, a tendency to make good use of these uh, talents and experience to serve the Sangha. But that is not good for, for new uh, practitioners. And we have learned that uh, for those uh, who are ordained, uh, who have a lot of talent and uh, experiences, in the beginning, the first or the second year, they should do simple things, like gardening, like cooking, uh, washing, and do not uh, play the role of um, uh, an administrator, so on, so on. That is for their sake, their own sake. And we have learned that the brothers in the upper hamlet and the sisters in the lower hamlet and new hamlet also. So if you are ordained as an experienced person with uh, many talents, and uh, you should know that uh, People still uh, um, appreciate your talent, your experiences, but they don't want to make use of them very too soon. So you, you, you get the joy of doing simple things. And especially you, you remember that you are a young brother, a young sister, too many, too many uh, uh, big brothers and uh, big sisters who can be very young, very, very young. In the upper hamlet, we had um, Brother Fabde, who had been a Catholic, uh, Catholic priest, and always called father. But when he ordained as a novice, he, he gave him the, he gave him the name Fabde means younger brother in the Dharma. Fabde means younger brother. So he remembered that although he is a very experienced uh, theologian uh, and uh, priest, but he has to remember that he is a young, younger brother of everyone. And he was doing very well. And a name can be very helpful. It reminds you 
that you have to practice humility, that you have practice, uh, you have to respect uh, your elders, even if your elders are at the age of your, your son or your daughter. Then after three, four years, and then um, uh, you have uh, learned that uh, humility, and you are safe. So those uh, who be ordained in, um, as novice on the second uh, are invited to have uh, lunch with Thay today. And Thay will tell them some of the things they need before uh, they ordain. We ordain not only for our own sake. You're dead because we want to do something with our life. Right? I'm from Melendra. Ah, there is a formal lunch today. Maybe in the afternoon. Maybe in the afternoon for tea, huh? Three o'clock in in Thai's room here. There will be uh, around 30 of them, 10 in Plum Ridge and 20 in our center in Thailand. And uh, there will be uh, online ordination. 20 brothers and sisters in Thailand. the awareness <coughs> that we do that for our family, for our lineage, for our people, for our society, because I want to do something with my life to serve people. That is why I ordain, not because I want to get away from something. I want to run away from something. This is a, a big engagement. Engagement in English is a commitment. This is a big commitment. This is a like um, to get married. You have to make a commitment to live with another person for all your life. In the past, 
to marry means to make a commitment to leave that person the whole life. No thinking of divorce or interrupting relationship. So to ordain means to make a deep commitment to practice uh, the precepts, to learn how to handle our suffering, how to create happiness, to nourish ourselves, to heal ourselves, in order to help other people. And in order to help other people, you must be with your Sangha. You ordain not to become an individual monk or nun, or an individual uh, when you are ordained as uh, a member of the order of interbeing. You also make the commitment to build a Sangha. And without a Sangha, you can realize um, your dream of helping people. So with that awareness that you ordain, I will not operate as an individual anymore after I ordain. I take refuge in my Sangha. I am aware that uh, without uh, a Sangha, I cannot realize my dream of helping people, transforming people. And that is why um, the practice of building brotherhood and sisterhood is basic in the life of a practitioner. Whether you are monastic or lay people, lay practitioners, you have to build a Sangha. Because without a Sangha, you cannot maintain your practice for a long time. Without a Sangha, you, can have, you cannot help as, as many people as you wish. So the same thing is true with uh, a monastic. A monastic is ordained in order to live and to serve with a Sangha and not uh, as an individual uh, talent. And that is why uh, the daily practice includes building brotherhood and sisterhood. And the Buddha was aware of that. Even if you are a Buddha, you cannot do much if you do not have a Sangha. Therefore, the Buddha put a lot of time and energy in building a Sangha. Uh, as you are about to ordain, you should know that you get married to a Sangha, and you will live with Sangha for whole your life, and the Sangha will help you realize your dream of helping people.
to practice as a monk and nun is easier than to practice as a lay person. That's very clear. It's not the opposite. The easiest way to practice is to to be a monastic because you are supported by many members and you are you 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 have uh, you devote all your time to the practice of building brotherhood, sisterhood, and serving people. But in the world, you have to earn a living. You have to to get many kind of relationship, and it's uh, much more difficult. So don't think that uh, practicing as a monk is uh, more difficult. It is easiest way. Because uh, as a monk, you can live uh, a simple life, very simple life. You don't need to have a bank account, private bank account. You don't need to have a private home. You don't have to pay your individual uh, uh, bill, uh, electricity bill, telephone bill. And you consume much less than if uh, you have to be a householder. This is an invitation. (laughs) (laughs) We have a very beautiful lotus pun in the low hamlet. So after that, we will go and contemplate the lotus flowers. This is a happy, beautiful moment. And we should uh, strengthen our practice of walking and breathing in order to be ready to help the people who will come with us uh, for the summer opening. D'accord? You agree? We have to strengthen our practice especially the walking and the breathing. Breathe well, walk well. Get a lot of pleasure out of walking and breathing.